control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into the first hour of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. So I guess we'll start things out here tonight, Mark, with the story about the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. I guess they call it the BATF these days. They put the Bureau in front of it. Yeah. And these are a nasty group of uh, bureaucrats, particularly nasty yeah. group of bureaucrats. Yeah, I, I have to agree. What's going on? Oh, um, here from uh, freedomsphoenix.com. Do love that website. Or the, the I get a little email in my box every day. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms wants 2,000 Leatherman micro pocket tools. Okay, fine. That's nice. You've got to have a pocket tool, I guess. I, I suppose. I, it, stuff. I, I don't know why we're buying our bureau, bureaucrats Leathermans when they could buy them themselves. Or Leathermen, I guess, is more is the plural of le- Leatherman. I'm not sure. Well, I'd like to see the entire bureaucracy abolished, of course. Yeah. But well, what uh, are they doing with these? I guess really the issue is the engraving that's going to go on the Leatherman tool. How's it going to be engraved, you ask? Well, Each person's name on the, the tool? Individual? Wouldn't that be nice? You know, maybe maybe a little uh, emblem of the uh, Alcohol Bureau of uh, Tobacco and Firearms? No, mm. no. Um, actually, it's going to see ATF, Asset Forfeiture. Always think forfeiture. Wow. Yep, that's what ATF stands for now. Always think forfeiture. So they can forfeit your assets over a gun crime, too, now, huh? I, I I'm not sure why it would be over a gun crime. Well, that's what they. Well, alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Usually, you hear about them doing some sort of uh, firearm. Normally, when we come across news about them, they're doing firearm-related stuff. Uh, for instance, there was the story that a couple of years ago where they went to a guy named um, a business named KT Ordnance, and they took all of his receiver kits. Basically, he had these kits that you could. If you knew what you were doing with like a mill works or some sort of heavy machinery, you could actually create your own firearm basically from these kits. And they went in and just shut his business down. Uh, so that's just how they are. They don't like gun freedom. This is the agency that is tasked with enforcing the federal gun laws, as, as I understand it. And they are just they're awful. They're terrible. I, I'd have to agree. Well, this is uh, apparently. I, I, I don't really understand this, but apparently it's going to cost 37000 of our tax dollars for this uh, contract for these Leathermen. Yeah, why can't they buy their own switchblade or whatever these things I'm are? I'm surprised it costs so, so like much. Like a Swiss Army knife or something? Something to that effect. I mean, um, similar. Uh, and apparently, well, it always costs more for the government. Ironically enough, it's been a, um, the uh, contract has been awarded to Freedom Enterprises of Spokane, Washington. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Always think forfeiture. That's what that's what your public servants are doing. Right. They're thinking about taking more of your stuff. Well, that's what their job is, right? I mean, that they were created to take freedom and take tax dollars, and that's what they do. It's what they do well. Yeah. So don't fool yourself into thinking they're out there to protect and serve you. Remember, they're out there to protect and serve the political class. They're out there to protect and serve the government, the people they work for. They're out there to serve themselves with your assets. When they're coming across, coming coming to, to your place of business to raid you for you know whatever violation they've decided to raid you for, now they can just take your stuff. So if you've bought you know purchased an automatic firearm that was illegal, does that mean they can take your house? Kind of like how if you buy a bag of marijuana or whatever, they can take your house. Well, I'm not I'm not sure um, what the asset forfeiture laws are. 
I just yeah, know I that know I find them all very reprehensible. What they do is they'll charge um, they'll charge whatever the item is with a crime, mm-hmm. as though you can charge a chair or a bag of marijuana with a crime. Yeah. It hasn't done anything. It's not real. I mean, it's not it's it's not a human. It, well, that's okay because the government's not real either. It's just people doing business at the point of a gun. And so it's this fictitious uh, this fictitious concept of government charging a uh, another concept. Or, you know, something else that's not really a person, an individual, with a crime. So it's all just kind of weird fantasy land. Well, it's, uh, it is it is bizarre stuff, and I, I, find it, I find it very disturbing that our public servants, uh, the, the police officers, uh, you know, that's what ATF, uh, the ATF agents are. They're, they're police. I, I would have thought that, you know, when they, when they got into this line of work that they were, were looking to get bad guys. But now... They're getting, um, you know, they're being told essentially. Well, always think for Do you think that people in the ATF really go in to get bad guys? I can see that with the police. Yeah, because what bad guys? I mean, people selling guns, alcohol, and tobacco. There's nothing inherently bad about any of those activities. It's just that much of it has been outlawed. Well, I think that they um, they they said I'm going to be a police officer. I'm going to get bad guys, and whatever bad guys are, bad guys are people that break the law. Um, well, that's be, the problem. Being an ATF, be ATF agent is superior to being a local or state um, uh, officer. I'm sure in their minds, so therefore they'll take the best they can get. Couldn't be FBI. Federal pay. It's federal pay, and that's pretty good. What's the average Fed uh, get? Seventy grand a year or something like it's that? Some ridiculous amount. So, Julia and I were talking last night about the education system, and I think Vin Soprinowitz was writing an article recently about this, how the main point of the government education system, and if you look into the history of it, this is absolutely the case, the main point is to indoctrinate young people in America with a pro-state mindset. Remember the California case uh, from the Ninth Circuit Court recently uh, reaffirmed that. They came right out and said that the, the purpose for government schools is to... I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. They said it's to indoctrinate people with right. uh, worship for the state, essentially. To, to create good little citizens. Yeah, to be obedient. And he he brilliantly pointed out, and you've said this on the air, Mark. You said you don't use algebra in your daily life. I don't know when the Louisiana Purchase was. I don't know what date the uh, you know the French and Indian War started. I don't know all these facts that the that you learn in government school. You you know you're told to memorize all these factoids, and, and then the, you, they sort of that that to them means that you're smart. You're smart if you got an A on this test where you memorize stupid facts about the distance between the sun and the earth. But what they end up teaching you, because you don't retain right. that information right. down the what line. What they teach you is what you get every single day. And what you get every single day Obedience. is be quiet, yep. raise your hand before you talk, um, you know, don't, beg don't to create, go to the bathroom. Right, don't create a ruckus, um, you know, sit in, sit in your assigned seat, don't step out of line. That's what you get every single day um, in government school. Really, I, I, I feel like I got something very similar in, in uh, private school, too. I don't think that that was much different. I just think that um, there would be lar- there would be just totally different models out there of sure. different types of education um, if we were if we had a, a private marketplace in, in education. And I don't want to teach my child that at all. That whole, you know, draw within the lines and and keep your right. head down and be quiet. The overarching message of the government education system or indoctrination system, whatever you want to call it, the overarching message is that authority is the end all be all. That if you are obedient to authority, you are good. Mm-hmm. And if you are disobedient to authority, you, are, you bad. are bad. That is what they're teaching the American uh, the, the American youth. And it's generations compounding on the problem. We were talking about something uh, last night. I don't remember what the issue was, Julia, but you said even five years ago when you were still in high school, they never would have done that. 
Right. This what, was what was that? Um, uh, I work with a lot of teenagers, and and one of the teenagers sort of confided in me. She was having a bit of a personal problem. The problem was that she had some sort of a sexual relationship with another female, and it went sort of sour after a few weeks. And the other female accused her of basically raping her, which to me is absurd. I didn't know. I've never heard of any cases of females raping females. I'm sure it happens on rare occasion, but eh, not so likely. Yeah. Uh, it, it happens in those uh, those women prison movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, this was off campus, had nothing to do with school. And she told me that they called her into the office and they started interrogating her. And she said she felt really awkward, and at that point in time, she wanted to leave, and she called her mother, and her mother was okay with her leaving, and the school would not release her because they said that she didn't have an appropriate reason. Hey, listen here, the reason is, I want my kid out of your school right now. I don't understand what the issue is. I just can't, I can't believe that a, a parent can't take their kid out of school because <laughs> they want to. Well, there's there's an obligation apparently uh, somehow created on all parents in America. If you have a kid and you haven't enrolled them in some government-approved private school or you're not you know, running them through the government-approved homeschooling process, then if you are withholding your children from the government education camps, then you're in violation and you could possibly go to jail for that. So Get your assets forfeited too. Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> who knows? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Most parents are so scared they would never bother trying to see what would happen if they kept their kids out of school. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. On the way, a story about a girl with brain cancer that the state is screwing over. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, toll-free, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you missed a moment of the show, just go click and download right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience, and those are free as well. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Today, businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of customers who have failed to pay their bills. You may believe that this debt only affects those industries and businesses. However, when people do not pay their bills, all customers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So if you have or know any businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. Repositions companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation. See their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231 started out with a story about the ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau. They have ordered a bunch of toolkits or leathermen or some sort of switchblade kind of... What are those things? They're mostly tools, or they it's have a tool. kind of a knife too. Well, it's got it's got a knife in it, but I mean, you wouldn't so use a leatherman. It's to, more to of a fight in a, with a in a gang war. So it's more of a tool than a Swiss Army knife is a tool. Um, it's it's you know similar in that respect, but I'd say the Swiss Bigger. Army knife is more of a knife uh, simply because it looks like a pocket knife. Uh-huh. A leatherman um, looks more like a pair of pliers. Gotcha. With a bunch of a, a, a added. Anyway, they're buying a, they're buying thousands of these for their employees. Thousands the, meaning two thousand. They're bureaucrats. And they are custom engraved with ATF on it. And it stands for Always Think Forfeiture, which is a reminder to their employees that their number one priority when they're out doing their jobs should be thinking about what they can steal. Hmm. 
And that just should give you a window into the world of the way these people operate. Please don't think for a moment that these are good people, that they're out there doing good things. They might be good people in their personal lives. They might not, you know, abuse their families. But when they're on the job, they're abusing our freedoms. And it needs to stop. So I just wanted to throw that out there just to kind of bring people up to speed with what we're talking about here because there's a related story. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms has sort of a counterpart in the world of the federal government, and that would be, of course, the DEA. Again, we're talking about products and services that are heavily regulated, heavily controlled by the federal government, and they say that you're a bad, bad person if you break these laws. So we're going to go after you, take all your stuff, ruin your life, throw you in a jail cell, and then we're not going to let you see your daughter when she has cancer, terminal brain cancer, and is dying in the hospital. That's what this next story is. ABC News. For very li- sick little girls, sometimes a father can be the best medicine there is. But the heartbroken family of a 10-year-old Nebraska girl diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, who's not expected to live through the end of this month, say the Federal Bureau of Prisons has denied the child's dying wish that her incarcerated father be furloughed to be by his child's bedside when she dies. Now... You might think, well, if this guy was a murderer, then that would make sense. He's a dangerous criminal. I don't know that that's true. I was a murderer, and I tried to get a furlough, and they they, uh, rescinded mine, too. You know, here's the reason that they do this, is they have no reason to let him go. There's absolutely no reason other than decency, and and the government really doesn't work in the arena of decency. (laughs) But it doesn't care about its PR. No, it could it, get some PR if it cared about that. But. Right, right. It, they would get good uh, good PR out of the deal, but they don't need it because, well, they're the government, and you you have to do business with them. Otherwise, you go to jail. And this is, uh, you know, this is sort of the the reason for it. They don't have any uh, they don't have any compunction. There's no there's no reason for them to uh, to let the guy go. There was no le- in in my case. Let me tell my story real quick. My grandmother was dying of cancer, and I'm not sure exactly which kind of cancer actually killed her off. Um, but you know, the she, deadly kind. Yeah, you know, she was eighty something, right? And uh, you know, I wanted to go see my grandmother, um, and I was in prison for murder. Mm-hmm. But I was in a minimum security prison. I wasn't just in a minimum security prison. I was in a work camp, meaning which, you could walk off any old time you wanted to. Yeah, not exactly. No, there was a fence around. But every day, I left the prison to go work outside. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't remember this particular time. Were you under guard at the time you left the prison? It depends. Did uh, someone escort you to go and work? At at, at this particular moment in time Mm -hmm. um, that they were asking, I guess... I, I, you know, I can't remember specifically. I do recall at, um, at one point for months I was working at the, the nursery where we would go off in the woods. There were hundreds of acres there, and we would go off in the woods and we'd hunt alligators and fish and, um, you know, uh, scrounge up berries and uh, wild you fruit. You hunted alligators? Yes. <laughs> With what? Um, we had big fish hooks. Spears. And we would put uh, some chicken. <laughs> On the fish hook, yeah, and they would uh, bite the chicken, and we would catch them with the with the big hook. Wow! And then we would uh, that's eat, crazy eat the alligator, and they really do taste just like chicken. But they're different, um, like they're tough. It's yeah, parts of parts of them are tougher than others. Sure. Yeah, I had alligator. Sorry, that was I was distracted by the alligator. <laughs> <laughs> so you were but out this is about. What, this is what the convicts were yeah. doing, and they didn't want to let you get, to go see grandma. Right, I couldn't go see my grandmother, but I could go out every day and work for them. Um, in the prison. So this is what did, doesn't make any sense at all, is that, you know, I, I, I'm, I can be trusted outside the gate, but I can't be trusted 
a, a hundred miles away from the prison, and I would have I offered to pay deputies. Yeah. To escort me. That's I what I was thinking. I would have had an armed guard. Right. That's what I was thinking because one could one could make the argument, well. This isn't in the budget. We can't afford to send someone out. But certainly someone would be willing to pay for this little girl to be able to see her father for the last time. Uh, Jason Charles Yeager, by the way, is serving in the final year of a five-year sentence for a drug conviction in a minimum security prison camp in South Dakota, three and a half hours from his daughter. That is just sad. He pleaded repeatedly with prison officials to honor the Bureau's apparent policy of allowing furloughs and transfers under extraordinary circumstances, but has been rebuffed time and again, he told ABC News in a phone interview from prison. He's scheduled to be transferred in August to a halfway house just an hour from his daughter's bedside, but prison officials have refused to transfer him early, he said. Spokeswoman for the Bureau said, or excuse me, she declined to comment, saying that officials there wanted to make sure to protect Yeager's privacy rights as an inmate. You're right, we didn't want to talk about that. (laughs) But in a letter to a representative, a regional director from the Department of Justice wrote that although Mr. Yeager believes his daughter's severe medical condition constitutes extraordinary justification, a review of his case reveals a specific request was reviewed and denied because his circumstances were not deemed to rise to the level of extraordinary. Right. Brain, Your daughter's got brain cancer. Dying of brain cancer isn't an extraordinary circumstance. Really? I mean, sometimes when I say bureaucrats are heartless, I backtrack and I say, well, not all of them are. But man, when you see stories like this, you just have to wonder. There are definitely some heartless mother effers out there. You gotta wonder who the guy in charge of that decision or whoever was on the the group who decided that decision when they go home and like, what'd you do at work today, honey? Well, I denied a man a request to see his daughter with brain cancer. Wow. Yeah, congratulations. How do you sleep at night? Well, you know, I don't understand. Usually, it. in in my case, it was the uh, the superintendent of the prison made that decision, and these people aspire to. Well, you know, the, the guy doesn't want to run his crappy little work camp prison. He wants to run a big prison, maybe one of the reception centers. Perhaps I could be secretary of the Department of Corrections. You know, they they are they going to knock not going to promote him if he lets a guy out to go see his dying daughter? Well, I, there's there's the slim microscopic chance that he could be waiting to do something terrible and if is all he needs is some bad press and then poof, he doesn't get his promotion ever. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. More on this story, your calls as well about whatever you want to talk about. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. It's really hard to get much more tragic than this. This is sick, sick stuff. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free, including the wiki, over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. So there's a man who's sitting in jail in prison, and minimum uh, minimum security prison, on a five-year sentence for a drug conviction, meaning he didn't hurt anybody else. And the prison officials have decided that this man is not allowed to see his dying daughter. 
10-year-old girl diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, not expected to live through the end of the month. And this man has been prevented from going to see his daughter one last time. Now, do you remember the Michael Dukakis campaign? I was probably eight at the okay. time. Do you, do you remember that it occurred? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, and, and it wasn't a it wasn't a huge uh, event in U.S. history. I can tell you that. But he one of the reasons that he got sunk in his campaign was they had a uh, a furlough uh, sort of scenario there um, in the Massachusetts prisons. The idea was to help to rehabilitate the bad bad convicts by mm. allowing them to go home and see their families on the weekends or something like that. Some okay. weekends, maybe one weekend a month. Or I don't know what the scenario was. It was 20 years ago in a state that I didn't live in at the time and don't live in now and wouldn't live in ever. Um, but one of the convicts, and this happens, this has happened in every state um, on every furlough system that, that has ever been. One of the convicts got out and killed somebody, or you know, in, in some cases, committed armed robbery or done something dumb and terrible on the and furlough. Hurt people, yeah, on the furlough. And now, uh, essentially, furlough programs are over. Uh, hmm. They, they, you know, the in nationwide, Flor- yeah, in Florida, they've uh, taken work release and. You know, you have to if, if you've got a violent crime, you have to be down to 18 months on your sentence. Now, remember, these are people that are going to be out in 18 months. They're going to be or less, actually, with the uh, the game time systems, the way they work in different um, and parole and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. They're going to be out. They're going to be free. So the, why not let them go to work release where they can go out and work at a job and get some money so they have some some money. They're less likely to commit crimes. Yeah, get a little they're well, in that 18 months, they're going to the prisons are going to totally transform the people from horrible people to really great. Right. I mean, you know, the the fact is um, prison is for housing people. Uh, it's a warehousing system um, for, you know, slave labor and not even really great slave labor. It's it's just a warehouse people and it's a job program for bureaucrats. So they're they're very reticent to allow anyone to go anywhere on these furloughs because they might get in trouble mm-hmm. and they don't really want you to do well when you get out. The system's set they up. I want you back. To you know, for failure, they these uh, they they take people that are bad that have been sentenced to something. Mm-hmm. They give them probation with um, some in some cases some very unreasonable uh, circumstances. You can't come if you're arrested for anything. You violated your probation for anything. I've I've seen people in prison who claim and I believe them that they were in prison because they violated their probation. Now they had you know some other heinous crime previously, yeah. But their violation of probation was not wearing a helmet on their motorcycle. <laughs> Creating a wake in a no-wake zone on a jet ski. Wow. Uh, driving without their driver's license in their possession. I don't mean not having a driver's license. Having a valid driver's license, but forgetting it at home because That's you amazing. pulled on a pair of shorts to run to the store. Mm. Leaving the county without asking somebody for permission. That's, Even being late for an appointment can Usually get you a the VOP. county one is bond. It's leaving the state without permission. But remember, some states are as small as counties, you know? Right. Rhode Island. Yeah, right. Here's a, here's a little bit more on this case, by the way. His wife, uh, Lori, says the time he has left to serve, the 11 months, he's offered to serve double that if they'll only let him be with his daughter when she dies. But it's not what it's about. Nope. It's not about serving more time. That wouldn't necessarily satisfy them. It's about control. And being in total control of uh, this man's life and, and what he can experience. I think it's more about CYA, honestly. I don't think it's about control um, in this case. It's just these people have no motivation whatsoever 
to do what is, you know, the morally the, the right thing to do here. The little girl, 10-year-old girl with brain cancer, JC, has been uh, fighting for her life since she was diagnosed with cancer at the age of three, seven years ago. But in the past six months, she's taken a severe turn downward. Doctors declared her condition terminal in October. Last month, they found they couldn't transfer her to a children's hospital in Lincoln, Nebraska, because she wouldn't uh, survive the trip, according to her mother. Jason, pretty serious. uh, Jason Yeager has been allowed three brief supervised visits since the terminal diagnosis last fall, which I don't understand why... Would they let him go three times, but not the last time when she's going to die? Uh, And here's the interesting part. You might have guessed this, but the visits from her father have prompted what they call remarkable, if short-lived revivals in J.C.'s condition. Imagine that. A little girl seeing her father makes her feel good, kind of like how they bring animals into the hospital, makes the patients feel better about themselves, and they get better quicker. Well, seeing her dad is helping her. It says that when he well, came, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to diminish uh, what this little girl's uh, gone through and and this circumstance. But he got three supervised visits. My grandmother was dying. I hadn't seen her for years. Now, a daughter and a grandmother, two different things. My grandmother lived an entire life. This is a little nine-year-old girl, but. I never I didn't get I didn't get one supervised visit. Nothing. Yeah. I couldn't pay cops to come get me. They wouldn't release me. Right. But I could go out to work every single day for them. Well, when he came home in February, JC was not expected to live through the night, according to her mom. She improved throughout that whole week. Jason was allowed to accompany her to get a CAT scan, and he was able to pick her up and put her on the examining table. By the way, th- these these are the sort of things that convicts escape for. This is the kind to of go thing, see their daughter. Right, this is the kind of thing that causes um, them to just just to be so desperate that they'll do anything and they'll escape. And this little girl who could barely lift an arm wrapped her arms around him and held on. As J.C.'s health has seesawed from stable to brink of death, time and again in the past few months, her parents have been filing request after request for either a temporary furlough or at least a transfer to the halfway house facility an hour from the child's bedside. Jason Yeager is currently serving time at South Dakota's most minimum security federal prison. There's a two-foot fence surrounding the facility, and inmates move freely around. I've seen these uh, facilities that didn't even have fences. They just had lines. J.C. has maybe spoken ten words in the last three months, says her mother. She opens her eyes, and when she looks at you, it's as if she's looking through you. When Jason called last Friday, they put the phone to her ear. I don't know what the particular conversation they had that day was, but this little body that was so lifeless, this body that couldn't move, tears started rolling down her face, Lori said. She's still in there. Just another tragic story at the hands of the state, completely unnecessary. If it weren't for the war on drugs, this man would not be in a jail cell. He's in on a five-year sentence for some drug conviction. Not violence, not harming another person, just probably doing a little bit of business with some marijuana or cocaine or something like that. And that's why he's sitting in a jail cell. We're all paying, everybody who pays taxes is paying to keep this man there, and so... The fact that this guy can't go see his dying daughter in the last few days of her life, you're paying for that. You're paying the salaries of those bureaucrats that are making these decisions. There's nothing right about this situation at but, all. You know, um, some people could say, I mean, if you take if you take a circumstance like mine, where it, it, it was in fact a violent crime as opposed to a nonviolent one like this gentleman uh, is dealing with, you know, you could... Some the the crime and punishment sorts could say, well, you should have thought of that when you committed your crime. Yeah, that's what you get. And I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm with that. I sort of, I do understand. I believe that you commit the crime, you should do the time. Now, the crime, I don't believe that uh, that uh, drug crimes should be crimes at all. But you know, I think that that there's an over punishment aspect 
that's gonna that turns people bitter. The prison system is full of bitter people, and I think that there should be an amount of mercy involved in um, the, the punishment aspect, so that people aren't as likely to be bitter and 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 therefore take it out on society. Isn't the whole idea to protect society? I think the uh, you do the crime, do the time is really more of a cliche, Mark, because it doesn't really apply at all in the way that we we envision the prison system. Uh, for instance, transitioning to a restitution-based system would not result in doing time. It would result in paying back a victim. And, of course, there are no victims in the uh, war on drugs. There's only created crimes by the government. And so, therefore, no, if you get caught for a drug crime, you shouldn't do any time because the crime is absurd and outrageous, I, and juries should be nullifying these verdicts every single day well, in America. I still, still support prisons. Oh, I, Mark, I think Mark said that, that he doesn't think that that should be a crime. I understand that, but if you, you know, just parroting that cliche out there, I think is uh, it's dis- disagreeable, and that's what I wanted to call out. 800-259-9231. legitimate. You take control. I didn't say anything against prisons. I talked about crime and doing the time. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away and enjoy those on us. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Anything you buy, used, new, 41 categories to shop in, free super saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. Go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com, and Free Talk Live will get a cut. So, uh, just a few more thoughts here, Mark. I, um, perhaps I miscommunicated uh, a few moments ago. I was not talking against prisons. What I was saying was that I don't like it when you trot out the cliche that if you do the crime, you ought to do the time. No, there are lots of crimes out there that people should not be doing time for. And so I don't think we need to trot that cliche out just to try to pander to the people that, you know, that feel that same way. It's really kind I don't of thoughtless. Want it, I don't want it to seem like I'm soft on violent crime because we I are, am not. We weren't talking about violent crime. We, uh, we, I was talking I, about the we, fact we that... We bandied around violent and, we were first talking and non-violent about a, crime. We were first talking about a man who's in prison for five years mm-hmm. for doing some sort of drug sales. And that's what led into the conversation about the doing the crime, doing the time thing. And, and I'm sorry, no. I've been, I've been abundantly clear, and anybody who listens to this show knows that I don't think that any drug out there should be illegal. But you also think if you do the crime, you do the time. Right. Which means that those things are crimes right now, the and so therefore you support people doing the time for it? No. Okay, that's all I'm saying. The when one you, shouldn't be a crime, and then if you do the crime, you should get the um, you should do the time. That, that, that so, they don't seem incongruous. I think that Mark is referring to crime as violent crime, like real crime, right? Okay, real that's crime. Fine. He's I, I talking hypothetically. That. I understand that, but when people hear that cliche, all that goes through their mind is, "Yeah, it's a crime. Do the time." And you know, these things are crimes in the legal sense of the term. They're not crimes in that they've harmed other people, and that's what we're trying to change. I just don't like hearing that law and order mentality cliche come out. That's all. I think it just—I think it's misleading because people—they uh, have misconceptions about it. I certainly do, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Well, so just keep that in mind. All uh, I, <laughs> you keep it in mind if too, you, pal. If you do <laughs> violence or harm another person, you should you know, have some sort of restitution you pay, or perhaps you should go into a prison, you know, if you're a dangerous individual. But I think a lot of... I uh, think that if you do a violent crime, that you should be facing, um, you know, prison time. Now, I'm not sure what the violent level of what violence if it's, or anything like that. What if like it's, that. you know, negligent? What if it's, you know, hit someone in your car? 
I don't I don't really see any point in that. Even in the case of DUI homicide, I was I shared a cell with several DUI homicide. Okay, uh, so guys. intentional then you're right. saying. And if you are going to put them in prison, period. If you're going to do that, and I understand why society wants to punish, and I think that, that in that case pun- the best punishment is restitution. But if you're if the society right. is going to punish those people, that um, there should be a separate prison for people that commit DUI uh, manslaughter because those people don't have the same sort of violent proclivities that the rest of the co- convicts do. They get in there and they learn them. I had a friend who was uh, in prison for 10 years for a DUI um, manslaughter. He hit and killed another drunk driver, mind you. But um, he got out and committed violent crimes. Hmm. I wonder why. Probably so, because he learned them in prison. Right. All I'm saying is be explicit when you're talking about these I things. I was so explicit, very clear. Ian. I, I made it very clear that I don't think drug crimes. It was made crimes, clear after I clarified. Should be crimes. Right. No. Let's go to your phone calls Please. and talk to Joe in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joe. Going once. Joe in Pennsylvania. Going twice. Let's try instead. Stephen in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stephen. Stephen, going once. Bordot must have well, fallen asleep. Hello, Stephen. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Um. Well, I'm Hang on, we got to turn you up here. Little on the silent side. Are you talking right into your phone? Yeah. Okay. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm 15. I go to a government high school in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And an after-school program that I'm part of, a bunch of the local schools bus a group of kids to UMass Dartmouth, you know, uh, mm-hmm. college, and we have, you know, discussions and groups, and we have speakers come and talk, and it's really interesting. And the one that we had yesterday was a law professor from, uh, I forget what school, but he was a law professor. Mm -hmm. And he wrote on the board the original and the ratified Second Amendment. So when I went in there, I said, oh, this could be a really interesting talk. But he opened with uh, the Bonk Hit for Jesus case. Hmm. You remember that? I do remember yeah, was it was a, it was a student across the street from a high school holding, holding a banner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it he yeah. was the banner was torn down and he was then charged. Yeah, and so we got into a, a lot of kids got into a discussion about was he within his First Amendment right of free speech to do that, and I said absolutely yes, and a lot of kids said no, and even the professor agreed with them. Wow. Like, well, this guy's a little bit out there. Yeah. You know, On what basis? I don't remember exactly, but. You know, he said that because it was in a school, he thought it was in a school, and I told him it was across the street, mm-hmm. that schools do not fall within the First Amendment completely. So did he Did he uh, just sort of reject it when you said he was across the street? Did he disbelieve you, or did he... He didn't reject it, but he said, you're sort of right, you're sort of wrong. You know, he, he didn't want to get into a discussion about it. Right, well, I guess... Uh, I can, you're right. I can see the point that he was making that um, it, it's... I do agree that schools don't fall within the First Amendment entirely because they just simply can't. There would be no way that they would be able to function. You'd never be able to shut anyone up. Yeah. If if uh, a school, you a know, tragedy of the commons, Mark. Right. Absolutely true. Uh, but currently, we do have public schools, and I guess we need r- rules so that they can operate. Um, I would prefer it that we didn't have public schools at all. And if you want to shut a public school down by, uh, you know, making it so that all the amendments uh, apply there, then I, I suppose that's something we can talk about. But again, we aren't even talking about on school property. We're talking right. about across the street. Does that mean well, that maybe this lawyer... he wanted to talk about it in that particular context, though? Well, let's say it happened 
at the school. Mm. At the school, I would agree with the professor. Well, Across the street, I don't think I do. Well, I mean, then, then again, there are people who support the system that we have doing all kinds of things that reach outside of school boundaries. Julia, earlier this hour, was telling us about a girl she knows who had the, the, school, gover- uh, the school people, the administrators, call her in to question her about a relationship she had outside of the school. Sure. And, uh, it- and some people would, you know, th- then there's also rules that say you can't have guns or drugs within a thousand feet from a school campus. Uh, so it's kind of like the school's footprint doesn't actually end after the physical footprint ends. It apparently extends, the, the footprint of the law kind of extends uh, beyond that. That's basically, perhaps that was the yeah. point he was making. Well, after we were, were done talking about the First Amendment, he went on to the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And so I already got a picture of where he stood, you know, philosophically and politically. Right, he's a statist. And I wasn't really on, you know, on the same page as him. Sure. And so he asked the entire class, all the kids that were there, about 100 kids, who's our resident anarchist? And, of course, you know, five kids who think they're funny raise their hand. And I didn't feel like doing that because I don't really consider myself an anarchist. Sure. But he just wanted to, you know, entice a discussion, which was good. And he said, he talked about the D.C. gun ban going to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And he said, he asked the class, how would you feel if everybody in this room had a gun? Would you feel safer? And a lot of kids said, no, absolutely not. And I was, there was another kid who raised his hand who was a hunter, he said, and I said, absolutely, I would feel safer. And all the kids are like, well, that's crazy. You know, and Jeez. then I said, well, let's say you have a gun and you shoot me and all the other kids in the room have guns. Do you feel pretty safe? And he, he was just kind of dumbfounded. He didn't know what to say. People have never had to think about these things right. before. They just and assume well, that. Keep um, in mind, this guy's a law professor. Right. They, they just assume that a gun means that, uh, that that someone intends to commit violence, and 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 it doesn't mean that at all. The fact is, if somebody in that room wanted to kill several students, they'd be killing. They'd be killing, and no one would be there to stop them. If there was a person in that room with with a gun, they'd kill. 20 people. Certainly that professor's precious laws wouldn't do anything to stop him. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, th- this guy was, you know, he was interesting, and he got, you know, kids my age in a discussion about the Constitution and the Second Amendment, which I thought was great. And there were a couple of people who, you know, agreed with me. But, you know, I was just kind of amazed that a law professor would have so much disregard or the Constitution. They all do. The, the, the well, lawyers, that's not true. The lawyers not believe that they run the country. The lawyers believe that they are the law. And it's just it's just not so. It's it's so disgusting. They don't work for us anymore. Well, if they ever did. Uh, I don't know. There are some okay lawyers out there, Mark. There are some, there, there some are liberty-minded some, lawyers. But, but they are so outnumbered oh, that sure. it, to the point that it just, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's inconsequential. Well, right. They get into the business of law to make money off of the laws, off of people violating many of uh, many of the laws that are completely, uh, you know, regards to nonviolent crimes. And uh, these, these people are, that's their business, is to cash in on your life. Uh, whenever you cross the line of one of their silly little laws that they've passed, and every year there's more and more laws that they pass to the point where no one could possibly know what they all are, but yet you're supposed to, you're expected 
to have some concept of them. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. I would have, I would have loved to have been able to ask that question of him. Thank you for the call tonight, Stephen. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 can be very disappointing, can be uh, kind of disheartening to see how brainwashed people are in America, especially young people. But that's the situation we're dealing with here. It's the fight we're fighting. We need to change people's hearts and minds. More on the way. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. Bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number. 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Let's go right into your phone calls. Uh, still to come, Julia has mentioned to me she wants to talk about honest relationships. Uh, we'll get to that here in moments, but let's go first to the phones. Uh, Ampline, it's Sam in Texas. Hello, Sam. Hey, guys. Hey. What's From on your time mind? to time, we talk about the law of attraction, and I want to do that again. Oh, boy. No, the last time was January 18th and hour three, if anyone wants to dig that out of the archives. Wow. What do you have, like notes there? Yeah, I just add them in so I can go back and listen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway... So the, just to recap, the law of attraction is the idea that, the, that your thoughts create actions and literally unfold and create the world around you, and that by focusing on your thoughts and your ways of being, you can uh, really create or manifest anything you want into your life. I mean, it's so true, uh, not only just from the fact that you thinking positively and moving towards the things that you want, inevitably you will get them, but also... Just looking at all of the wonderful things that we are surrounded with at one time, all of those things, whether it's the desk I'm uh, you know, sitting at here, the computer monitors I'm looking at, the phone uh, system that we have you turned on, all of those are results of some people's thoughts. At one time, th- these weren't real. At one time, they were just in the imaginations of the people that created them, and now here they are for us to use and enjoy at our fingertips. It's really amazing. Exactly. And so I have a a simple exercise that I think will explain some of the common misunderstandings and objections that you hear about this stuff. And I have an example that will leave even the skeptics scratching their head at the end. Okay, great. So, okay, everybody, first off, put your hand on the desk. And I'm watching you on the webcam, so you have to do it. (laughs) Except you can't see me because I'm nice and far away. Yeah, well, I I will get to see you in a second. You can see the Um, webcam, by the way, at cam.freetalklive.com. Okay, so when I say go... I want everybody's hand in the air uh, and make a fist, and because it's radio, make some kind of noise. All right, you ready? <laughs> Go. Woo! <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, um, first off, would anybody's hand be in the air if I hadn't brought up that exercise? No. No. Okay, so first thing we did was change our focus to what I wanted to create, mm-hmm. which was to do that exercise. And then what happened there? First off, I I didn't tell you guys how to do it. I just said... Here's the result I'm looking for. So you created the intention. Okay. And then when I said go, you started taking actions to bring about that intention and, and to achieve that result. And Ian, it's that's certainly not things, magic. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that Ian, you talk about all the time is this, the movie The Secret kind of says that, oh, just think about it. You guys could have sat at the table all day thinking about this and your hand wouldn't have magically appeared over your head. Mm-hmm. So... There's also different ways to do it. Did all of you raise your hand in exactly the same manner? Uh, I think we did different hands. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't and, paying enough attention. 
Julia could have <laughs> taken her hand through Chicago before she came back to raising it over her head right there in the studio. Now, that wouldn't have been the right or the wrong way to do it. It's just a different way. Uh, but really, that's kind of how we live life. Because we're not focusing on some of these, um, our, our thoughts and our daily lives, uh, we don't really, we're not really conscious of where we're going. So people think that they're going the shortest route when really they're kind of taking a dog leg through Chicago, for example. Right. Yeah, a lot of people just kind of float through their lives and live as it comes. Basically. Wish for things. They don't, uh, they don't come up with plans to get them or, or uh, you know, really make any real effort to achieve what, the, what it is that they want. Right, and in reality, there is an infinite number of ways to, um, to go from point A to point B. It's true. So the, the bigger you are in possibility in your own mind, that's going to determine your route. But what we do in our daily lives is focus on our circumstances. Oh, I have to go to work. Oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to take care of the kids and on mm-hmm. and on and on. So we don't really bring those things about. With me so far? Yeah. Okay. Well, some people also tell themselves a story, basically. They also, you know, say, well, I can't do this because I have kids, or I can't do this because I've, you know, I've got these responsibilities, and so therefore, while I might want to do these things, I can't. Right. I can't be a radio talk show host because I At that point, your dream is dead. Well, what you're, you're actually, the universe is telling you yes at that point, but it's saying yes to the things that are more important to you, which is having kids and, you know, doing all the things that you're really making excuses for. You're, what you're saying is... That's more important to me than the stream. Right. You're going to get what you're committed to every single time. If you're committed to drama and, and uh, you know, bad things happening in your life, I swear, you can have it. Yep. No, exactly. you can and have an unlimited amount, in fact. I'm sure everybody knows people that, I, I mean, they're just really negative all the time, and it seems like only bad things happen to them, and mm-hmm. it never ends. Yeah, I try to stay away from those people. Yes. Let's talk about the skeptics. When you talk about this, it's, a lot of people are like, you know, they'll bring up things like, oh, that only happens in the movies. It's not in real life. It's I've stuff. got an objection. You can jump into what you had prepared here in a moment, but uh, uh-huh. there's a discussion going on right now on the NHFree.com forums about law of attraction. And the the first objection that, it, that came up on the thread that no one has yet addressed uh, is... Well, this isn't a law at all. Laws are about science and what you can prove. How do you respond to that? Well, I would say this. Um, Keep in mind the universe is always going to say yes. What is that person who's making that statement focusing on? Their disbelief. That that they can only have very concrete things. Yeah, and that the law of attraction doesn't work and that there's no way to prove it. So what are they going to find? Well, they're going to find a lot of skepticism, a lot of cynicism, and uh, you know, life isn't going to be open and joyous for them. Exactly. Here's what I don't like about the law of attraction, and I I I understand it to a certain extent, but I hate how hocus pocusy they make it sound in the movie. Oh, like they add true. this extra hocus pocus to it, and when they talk about it, and they say like the universe gives you whatever you want. That <laughs> right, bothers me. How hocus, can you sell that idea? Let me give you a hocus pocus example. All right, Julia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is uh, my friend that did the TSA brochures. Uh, I sent. I, I watched this movie, Cashback, knew she would love it, so I sent it over to her, uh, and I read this later in her uh, blog post. And basically, she she loved the movie. While she was sitting there watching it, she she's an artist, of course, and does a lot of sketches. The movie's about this guy who breaks up with his girlfriend, is takes a night job because he can't sleep for two weeks. He can freeze time, and in the supermarket, there just happens to be all these hot girls that he undresses, sketches, redresses, and then 
restarts time. <laughs> What's it called? Cashback? <laughs> Cashback. It's really a, a funny, it's a British comedy, romantic drama <laughs> kind of thing. Anyway, so she's watching this the whole time thinking, man, wouldn't it be nice if somebody drew me? Now, I've, I've shown her the secret before, uh, but she was a little skeptical about it and had some of the same reservations as Julia. Uh, but then five hours after she watched this Cashback movie, she went to eat. She was by herself, went up to the bar, sat down, and after 30 minutes, this guy walks up to her and says, Miss, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, I've, I've been sitting over there in the corner, and when you came in, I noticed you and just thought you were very beautiful. And for the last 30 minutes, I've been drawing these sketches of you. Can I show them to you? Wow, dude, that's amazing. Did she slap him with a restraining order? No. <laughs> now, what you have to, what you have to, now when you, when someone who's a skeptic, and I, I really appreciate skepticism, I try to have a healthy dose of it in my life. When someone who's a skeptic hears a story like that, the first thing they might think, and by the way, we do have a skeptic on the phone. We're going to bring him in in the uh, here in the next segment. Uh, but uh, when someone who's a skeptic hears that story, immediately. I would think something like, uh, all right, how are you trying to make money? Come on, that's total, you know, just a coincidence, or you're just telling me that to get me to buy your book or your video. But you aren't selling books and videos, and that's, nope. a, that's a real life story. It is. It is and I have another one uh, from last week. I put, I, I've been doing this video. I created a little part that needed a voiceover. I have also been selling a bunch of stuff on Craigslist to move up there, and one of the things was this mixing board. Well, the guy that responds to my mixing board does professional voiceovers and did mine for free. Well, not exactly a huge surprise. Well, yeah, but, yeah, you yeah, could have come it, to us with a done your voiceover. You know, right, and by the way, all you had to do was send me an email, um, and you would have gotten what you wanted. <laughs> True, but something I was focusing on that I didn't expect that the universe just lined up. He also yeah. happened to be a landmark graduate, and he drives around without a driver's license. <laughs> I, I have met so many landmark people that do not pay taxes at all. Really? <laughs> well, I, I, they probably pay for their property tax. Do they teach you that in landmark? Because if they teach you that, then I'm going to revise my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they tried. To, but the, but these little uh, non-taxpayer people, these protesters, uh, certainly try to recruit right inside the halls of landmark. Sam, hang on. We're going to continue this discussion because I find it absolutely fascinating. I consider myself uh, a bit of a student of uh, the, this law of attraction concept, or as our next caller says, this law of attraction business. We have a skeptic <laughs> on the line. We'll bring him on with Sam. And you can call in, too. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Physics, metaphysics, issues, anything goes. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The features include, by the way, updates. Get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. It's free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Does your family think your beliefs are crazy? Do you experience a nagging sense of worry that the world is becoming less free? Do you feel withdrawn or politically alienated from liberal and conservative friends? You are not alone. Statism hurts. IHS summer seminars can help. Visit libertarianseminars.com for more information on a happier future. That's libertarianseminars.com. Talking about the law of attraction. Now, someone might argue, well, that's not really a law because it's not scientific. Well, I mean, laws can, I think the word law certainly has different definitions. The laws that politicians write are, are anything but scientific. There's no doubt about that. And I think that the, the, 
sort of drawing the conversation down into, you know, what is the definition of law overlooks the fact that I think it's a fact that law of attraction is very effective, well, that, it, that it, before, it works. Before they could uh, quantify and measure the, the law of gravity, did that, did that mean that it wasn't a law? The simple fact that you can't quantify and measure the law of attraction doesn't mean it's not a law. The people that uh, that say the, 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 the scientific types will say you're wrong that uh, in order for it to be a law it has to be able to be measurable. No, it doesn't. Gravity was a law before we could measure it. Well, we'll see what they have to say, but let's go back in the meantime to Sam in Texas. I know he had some more thoughts on this whole law attraction uh, law of attraction concept. The idea that like attracts like, that what you put out there is what you get back in return. And so if there's something that you want, if you focus on that, you can have it. Unless you tell yourself you can't, in which case you'll get that. Uh, am I on the right track so far, Sam? On the right track. The only thing you need to add is you really need to create the experience in yourself of actually having those things. And it's that good, positive, high-vibe energy, I guess, if you want to call it. We're getting a little weird there, but Mm -hmm. that's what actually draws it in. That's what the universe kind of works on. Yes, uh, let's see. Uh, we were, what started me on this path was, uh, I guess, a movie called The Secret, and it's it's a little hokey, it's a little hocus pocus, uh, but I think there's a there's a little bit of good well, information there's, in there. There's several market segments that are into this. There's yeah. there's you and I, a business people that want to achieve, but we're not that big of a segment out there. We're not enough to yeah. support that, and and somebody is going to come out with The Secret. Um, without the mumbo jumbo, somebody's going to do that, and, and you know, oh, I could do that, <laughs> right? A, 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 a sort of, you know, Napoleon Hill was, uh, and, and I can't remember. Think what and the, grow rich. Yeah, think and grow rich was a very similar uh, sort of concept. But they have another market segment, which is, you know, ladies that wear flowing clothing and uh, have crystals around their necks and shove sage up their butts. You know, <laughs> those those gals, and they they talk with. Lilting tones, you know those kind of people, and and they buy they buy movies probably as much if not more than the uh, business segment. I, I does. still think it's valuable. I think it's an uplifting uh, film, and I think it's a good introduction into into this world. And it's it's basically something that I had understood prior to seeing The Secret, but it's never really laid out so explicitly. Uh, and you know I've kind of picked up little things as time has gone on. For instance, when I learned learned about sales, you know I learned the I learned that if you know if you associate with people that are scummy they're going to bring you down if you associate people with that are that are successful they're going to bring you up and so you know i've uh, slowly just over time learned some of these uh things to live by mm-hmm. uh and and it's absolutely accurate it is I, i've seen it working in my life and you've got plenty of examples sam but i know you had some other things you wanted to cover so let's get on, get on with that before we bring in the the controversy oh bring the controversy on i'm ready for it all right you're ready for that then. let's go to <laughs> ryan in new hampshire you're on free talk live with sam Hey, y'all have gone so through so much since I've even been waiting on hold. I don't even know where to start. Well, y'all are just piling on and piling it <laughs> on. How about the beginning? Um, well, first of all, a, science, a scientific law, by its very definition, has to be able to be quantified and measured. That's what makes it a law. Mark, you're talking about the theory of gravity rather than the law of gravity, but that's just an aside. Now, So what um, is a law, then, if gravity is not a law? No, there is the law of gravity. Okay. Which describes how gravity works. So then the... the theory of gravity is why gravity works. So then Different. this would be the theory of attraction we're talking about in um, no, more actual the, terms? No, um, I, I almost got cut off for cussing. Um, it, it, it's the bull <laughs> of attraction is what it is. Um, l- let's start here. Um, Rhonda Byrne, who, who wrote the crap in the first place, 
she claims that it is a scientific law. Um, she's full of crap. Um, good example here. Uh, well, she's not the uh, she she's not the one expert on this concept. She's just someone who made a movie. Okay, then let's look at it another way. Um, now, in order to uh, think that this is true, then you must first take the assumption that everyone on Earth is either evil or complacent with evil. Why is that? Why would I need to do that? Because you must believe that if if your thoughts hold on, create hold on. the reality, that you, no one you who is dealing in absolute has ever truly wanted an end to hunger, an end to war. You don't understand the concepts. The, the world sounds very black and white to you. You just told me I must believe something when really I'm free to believe whatever I choose. Yeah, including so crap. wouldn't that statement but that's be false? That's the point. Um, well, now, now before example, you go um, on, here's a good quote from The Secret. I want to read to you real quick. Okay, you ready? Yeah, we're waiting. Okay, the most common thought that people hold, and I held it too, is that food was responsible for my weight gain. That is. That is a belief that does not serve you, and in my mind now, it's complete balderdash. Food is not responsible for putting on weight. It's your thought that food is responsible for putting on weight that actually has food put on weight. Remember, thoughts are primary cause of everything. Yes. And the, the secret is not a, is not the Bible of the law of attraction. And I, you know, I, you can bring a up a bunch of stuff from the, the secret. There's some si- there's some it's silly ridiculous. crap in there. There's no doubt about it. I don't know what her belief system is. I don't have that book. I don't, you know, I don't care about that. What I, from what I understand of the law of attraction, and Sam, you're certainly as more of a student than I am. I think. Uh, but from what I understand, let's go back to what Ryan was talking about, the idea that, well, everyone must be evil or believe in evil or whatever because, you know, we do have starvation and so therefore people are creating that. Uh, I think what you're missing, Ryan, is the idea that you have to really want in order to get it. And what, you, what you're dealing with probably are a bunch of people that want something, but at the same time they're also telling themselves they can't have it. Oh, I'd love to have the okay, world be fed, but example. that's not How possible. How many kids that have jumped off their roofs have actually been able to fly, despite the fact they really wanted it, and at that point they really needed it too? Well, there are certain physical rules we're playing this game in, and you have to abide by those rules. Uh, Sam, I'd like you to respond to this. Yeah, first off, uh, let me say this. I, this should shock Ryan. Um, I don't think Hitler was evil. I think he had very good intentions. I think Hitler thought that what he was doing was absolutely the best thing that he could do with his life. He's just out of his mind. I think everybody is that way, that we're all out there. Nobody's out to harm anybody else or destroy people's lives. They think that what they're doing is the best for them. They're simply not taking a big enough perspective on the world to see that the harm that their actions are causing. What would you okay. say to that? And yet, everyone is complacent with that harm, because if your thoughts dictate your reality, then anyone who did not want to be harmed would not be harmed. Right, so the universe is going to so, line up people so, that um, want to be every that want harm that got for some thrown reason. In the ovens Hold that really thought, Ryan. All these laws have to work together. Therefore, the law of gravity and all the physical laws has to work with this law of attraction at the same time. The law of attraction isn't the overarching law. It is working within in our physical universe. Let, let's get let's continue this discussion. Hang on, Sam. 800-259-9231. What about the people that are out there uh, intending on... Maybe they're not intending on harming... There might be some that are intending on harming others that... you know. That's what they want. What about those people? It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want toll free, 800 259 9231. SACL CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, by the way, those features include the bulletin board system. We've got over 340,000 posts for you to surf around through serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all totally free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs. FreeTalkLive.com and the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festivals, better known as Porkfest. It's June 9th through the 15th at Porkfest. You'll be able to listen to concerts, enjoy some barbecue, and socialize around the fire with hundreds of individuals who, just like you, cherish liberty and are living the goal of liberty in our lifetime. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. One of the things that uh, I really appreciate about the Free State Project is it's really kind of an overt example of the law of attraction in effect. Uh, Literally, people are making an effort to get together. Like-minded people are making a concerted effort to join one another in order to uh, become liberty activists here in New Hampshire. And I I think that's uh, obviously an interesting portion. Uh, Let's go back to Sam. We're talking about this concept that some people find kind of kooky, some people find it a little crazy, but I myself have seen it work in my life, and I think it's absolutely uh, something that is worth paying attention to, something certainly worth considering, and uh, Sam in uh, Texas is back on the line with us. Hey guys, yeah, let me just throw a disclaimer out there. I'm not endorsing what Hitler did, I think it's abhorrent, and... uh... I think we were clear on that. Okay. Uh, but I do want to say, somebody posted a comment that said, oh, I think Hitler was out to harm people. And no, I don't think that's true at all. Hitler was He was out, out to, to harm Jews, save, but it, it, no, he was no, trying Mark, to save the whole human save, race. He was out to save the Aryan race. Now, the consequence of that was harming the Jews, but that's not what he focused on. He focused on what he was wanting to create and didn't take the bigger Lieben's perspective. Right. And they just actually released a documentary... Uh, there were some home movies shot by his mistress at the Mountain Hideaway that were silent. They did lip-syncing uh, technology and figured out what he's saying. His mm-hmm. private uh, personality is completely different from his public. It was pretty fascinating to watch. Hmm. So what would you say to the skeptics? And by the way, I see you're in our chat room right now uh, battling it out with some people. Uh, and we're going to bring, we're gonna bring B- Ryan back in a moment, but I want to you, give you a chance to respond to, to, a, to an idea here. Okay. The idea that there are people that, that do want to go out there and harm others. And certainly part of what Hitler was focusing on was doing harm to the Jews and, and exterminating them. For the, now, his reasons were, as you, as you described, but he did focus on that and he did get what he wanted. One could argue, well, those Jews didn't want to go to the ovens. They didn't want to die. So why did the, you know, the universe allow that to happen? Well, I think that's an issue of focus, and I think that that's sort of the idea of the secret movie and the books uh, that you know, talk about this law of attraction. The, um, the ideas are to be able to focus what you want, because uh, largely, I imagine, what some of those Jews were uh, experiencing and focusing on was fear, and I don't want to go to the oven, oven, yeah. oven, oven, oven. Well, let they got the you, oven. Mark, let me jump in. Victor Frankl was uh, an old man when he was first dropped off the train in Auschwitz, and he almost got put in the burn line, basically. Uh, he survived, and the whole time he was in the, the concentration camps, he was thinking about getting his story out and telling the world and writing this book and showing people what went on here, and he beat all odds to survive and, and do exactly what he was focusing on. So there are examples where people have gone against all odds and made it out because they had their intention set, you know, in a way that supported them. 
Here's another interesting kind of uh, example. We've got a lot of interesting activists here in New Hampshire. Uh, many of them, you know, we talk about a lot on Free Talk Live, how they run the gamut from being politically active to being market-based activism. But there's also the gamut from voluntary interaction, or not voluntary interaction, but, but from nonviolent uh, protest to violent. And what we see is that there are, there are a certain number of people, very small, maybe a handful, of people that are agitating for violence. People that, you know, will get on an internet forum and talk about, you know, if it ever comes to this, I'm going to shoot and kill and blah, 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 blah. Gun polishers. Kill and, uh, you know, kill the feds, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's interesting that the one guy that has actually had a, you know, direct encounter as far as the feds coming to investigate and talk to him, the one guy that has had the feds, of all the Free State Project members here in New Hampshire, that has had the feds come after him, is one of those guys that was one of the, uh, the so-called gun polishers. That's, you know, that's what he was focusing on, and, and you know, they, they came after him. They haven't come after Free Talk Live. They haven't come after, you know, you, Sam. Uh, that's because we're not focusing on encountering those people, which is why I don't like it when you talk about, you know, what could happen, Mark. That's not what I intend to happen. What I intend is we're all going to be free. Uh, we're all going to live uh, as free lives as we possibly can and and I think that's you know that's the direction we're going in while these other guys are preparing for doomsday. Absolutely. Let's go back to the phones. Back to Ryan in uh, back to Ryan in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Ryan. Okay, you, you've just given me another really good example <laughs> of people gr- just grabbing at straws trying to prop up the argument for this thing. Okay, let me get this straight. We've got a an example, a Holocaust survivor who supposedly survived because he was so focused on it because he wanted to tell a story, correct? In a way, yes. Okay. Are you familiar with the term confirmation bias? Uh, Yes, that when you see something, you will believe it, correct? No. Confirmation bias is trying to prove that something worked by using examples after the fact rather than going in to to find out, okay, out of these many people, how many is going to work on? For example, okay. this man, okay, he survived. You say it's because he uh, he wanted to survive so much to tell a story. Now, what you aren't privy to are the stories of so many other people that also wanted to tell their story that didn't survive. Oh, no, I've watched now Schindler's have... List, Ryan. And let, let me ask you this. Would Hitler have ever made it to power if the German people weren't ready for his hatred and, you know, for his hate speech, basically? To, to create this scapegoat to blame all their problems on. He was elected. Yeah, that's called human nature. No, no other explanation What was the necessary. focus, though? I'm sorry? What was the focus of his message? The focus of his message was bringing Germany back to greatness by whatever means possible. And how is he going to do that? Who did his he blame the problems of Germany on? Possible. He blamed the, the problems of Germany on the Jews. And uh-huh. he made them the scapegoat. He made them the focus and the problem of millions of people, and they bought into it. And look at what was created out of yeah. That that's called propaganda. That, that has nothing to do w- with the crap law of attraction. No, so, I think you're missing the point, Ryan. Yeah, the the point here is that those people, since they bought into it, they believed in that fashion, and they went forward, and they got what they wanted. Uh, that's you it's know true. It got bigger in the yes, universe. And you, because you brought up human nature, and because of human nature, human nature is to you know in many cases to kind of be sheep-like and to sort of again, bounce around throughout life. So I'm sorry. Once again, you're using post hoc rationalization. You're using examples which work for you and dismissing 
the majority of the rest of the no, world. No, I'm talking about what's going on right now, Ryan. I'm talking about what's going on. You were, you were mentioning human nature, and I was saying that it seems to me that human nature is to be sheep-like and follow the herd, and not to really go after what you want, to just sort of accept your lot and to kind of bounce around through life. So if that's what you're doing, if you aren't actively pursuing what it is that you want, then you're going to get whatever comes. And in the case of what uh, what we're talking about here in, in the past events, those people got what was coming because they didn't do anything else about it. Absolutely. Now tell me what the heck that has to do with the so-called law of attraction. Sam? Because their focus was on create was on this made-up problem that the Jews were to blame for everything that was wrong in the world around them. So when they started focusing on that, they created a solution for it, and Hitler rose to power. Ryan, so any other thoughts tonight? was to get rid of the Jews and fix the problem. Yes, because that's what they were told was the problem. Right. They, and, that, and then that's, what that's did they begin to focus on, Ryan? No other explanation necessary. We understand that propaganda was being utilized. Point. We understand that. I don't need magic to prove magic. It's ridiculous. Well... Thanks for the call tonight. Certainly appreciate it. 800-259-9231. The thing I like about the law of attraction, true or not, whether you believe it or not, is that it allows people that may not have the ability to uh, you know, focus on and get what they want, it, it allows some of those people to get what they want in this world. And so, you know, it, it, unlike Christianity or other kinds of religion, t- religious type things out there, it doesn't result in hate or hurt on anyone. There's no doubt about that. Hang on, Sam. If you've got a question for Sam, uh, dial on in 800-259-9231. Let's talk about the propaganda factor here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you, 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Want to help support the show? Then go and buy some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. Just head over to store.freetalklive.com. Great Free Talk Live branded merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies. Uh, We've also got the lighter bottle opener combo set as well as the DVD Classic Archive Collector Set. You'll see it all at store.freetalklive.com. We go back to Sam in Texas, talking about the law of attraction, as it is called, the idea that uh, what you think about, you attract to yourself. Uh, What you focus on, you get. And uh, we had a skeptic on the line a few moments ago, and obviously the way these things are presented in many cases is going to repulse most skeptics uh, because mm. it's usually surrounded with kind of hocus pocus, hocus, hocus, <laughs> crystals, that yes, kind of is. stuff. And uh, in fact, I want to just as an aside before we talk about propaganda and one of the points he was making, just as an aside, we mentioned the secret, and I said that was kind of one of the things that led me down this this world of really exploring the concept. And I think the secret's kind of a weak video because it really focuses more on the hokey uh, stuff and you know the idea that. For instance, you know, just thinking that, that that food, as he was claiming, you know, one of the, the quotes was that food doesn't make people fat. It's thinking about it that makes people fat. And uh, obviously that's that's absurd. Uh, but I actually did you know, Sam, that there are two versions of The Secret? Uh, I did not. I have some other books, though, that go into really great detail. I'll recommend once you're done. The two uh, the two versions are they uh, there was the original version and then the revised edition okay. where in the revised edition they took one of the speakers out. Uh, they took out Esther Hicks, 
who I found to be the most interesting of the speakers in the movie. And so I went and did a little bit more research on her. Now, if you can get past the hokey stuff, uh, which is where she claims that she's channeling, you know, the uh, the, the this oh. universal force basically in, into words, uh, you know, and she you know goes into deep breathing exercises. It's very hokey. But if, once you get past that, she's got some really fascinating stuff to now, say. I, I, I'd like to to pop in, chime in here for a second. Is one of the uh, the claims that the skeptics would make, and I think rightly so, is that if you take this too far, that positive, you know, the the the, the difference between um, many of these is religions. There's a lot at stake. You know, there's prayer in school and and people teaching your kid uh, evolution versus uh, creationism and, and all that other stuff. With this, the belief in the law of attraction, there's nothing at stake except. If you take the law of attraction so far that you believe that somehow this is the only law in the universe and it's um, that the physical laws don't apply. So, you know, right. if you believe that you can jump off a building and fly or that um, positive thoughts are going to kill cancer. Now, I'm not saying that positive thoughts don't, don't kill cancer. There have been some amazing stories. that they absolutely do. I do, however, believe that a better, more logical step is to take the medicine that you need to take to kill cancer and have the positive thoughts. Like, the medicine's going to work. This is going to happen. This is going to be the way to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, now when it came, comes to chemotherapy, both my father and my grandmother decided to die rather than take another dose of chemotherapy. Both of them took one, and I think my grandmother may have had two. Um, either way. They decided like, to die, though. Right. This, is, this stuff sucks. Whatever, whatever any, I'll take anything but this. So, uh, you know, some people aren't going to take the medicine anyway. And medicine does kill people. So, you know, we need to, to sort of you – know, everybody needs to keep a level head, and it's very clear that the things that you focus on are what happen and want, what, what happen for you. The things that you focus on are, are what's going to come true in your life. Well, even the skeptic uh, Ryan on his message board post did agree that thinking positively is certainly a desirable thing to do. It's sure. just that, you know, he disagrees on the, uh, the, the, the details, if you and will. And I think that that's excellent. I think Ryan's point is, is very valid, is you need to look at these things with, you know, with, with a skeptical eye to some extent. But it, I don't think it goes far enough. Just to say think positively doesn't go far enough because if you tell yourself you can't have something, you may be positive in all other aspects of your life, and that's good, and it's going to be helpful for you. But if there's something you want but you say you can't have, then what, you're, what, what you focus on, you get. So if what you're focusing on is that you can't have something, you're not going to get it. If you're focusing on uh, death, that you know you might just die. If you're focusing on uh, negativity, or then you're going to be negative. So certainly being positive is good, but there's more to it than that, isn't there, Sam? Yeah, there is. And Mark, to your point that this is not the only law, the only thing out there, I would agree uh, just like, you know, the first time you take your the training wheels off your bike when you're learning how to ride without them, you're pretty dangerous until you really learn how to get your balance and so forth. So I think that's what happens to a lot of people. It's not an easy thing to just turn on to, you know, overnight and pick up and start implementing in your life. Um, so, yeah, to that. Now, Esther Hicks that was removed from the movie, I actually have a couple of uh, decks of cards that I just kind of pull one out each day, and they're based on these teachings. They're really good, Ian. Um, they're based on the teachings of Abraham, and they just yeah. have one little condensed message on the card. I pull it out. It typically applies to my day or whatever. Read it and apply it you know, as I go through my day. 
It's good stuff. Uh, also, of course, uh, positive affirmations, actually taking some time out every single day to refocus on what it is that you want. It's good to think positively. I, I, agree, I agree with that. But it's also good to be very deliberate about what you're thinking about, to, to really focus in on what it is that, that you want and identify it explicitly well, and, in your mind. And, you know, if you want to look at that from a skeptical angle, you know, p- focusing on what you want and identifying it in your mind is essentially formulating a plan to achieve what you want. Well, if exactly. you don't know what you want, you'll never figure out how to get to and it. That's this for is sure. a, and, and, and this is, uh, you know, this, this whole uh, law of attraction thing is a good way to teach people that don't, um, you know, necessarily know how to formulate plans and get what they want. I think I've, I've added something to what I it's used to do. It's not an easy practice, by the way. Formulating no. plans to get what you want is a terribly difficult practice. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, um, uh, you and I, Ian, used to, uh, I used to make every week a uh, goal sheet of, of yeah. 20 goals that I wanted to That's achieve. what I was going to talk about, the goals. And I haven't been doing it since, I think it was around New Year's. Things kind of went, went off the track, uh, you know, around Christmas time. Oh, good for me. I didn't stop. I've been continuing to do goal sheets. And this is one of those little elements that I kind of learned back in the day without even really knowing that it was part of the, this big piece of, the, you know, this bigger piece of law of attraction. And that is that I, I've been writing down goals for myself for years. And it's been very effective because it really keeps what I want to accomplish front and center right there for me to see every single day. But my goal sheets are more of a, you know, weekly basis kind of thing. They're not so long-term. So what I've been doing now in addition to my goal sheets is really focusing on the general concepts that I want to see come true in my life on a daily basis. And you know what? Five years ago, I would have said, oh, that's some hokey crap. That is some ho- – please, give me a break. I would have been just like Ryan. And uh, I have to say that my viewpoint has definitely shifted after having experienced just, you know, seeing more of life and seeing how it applies and how the law of attraction absolutely, uh, you know, is legitimate. Now, on the confirmation bias point that Ryan brought up, uh, for those of you that, want it, that are skeptical about that, here's an exercise you can do to kind of practice this stuff and decide for yourself. Think of, create something, bring something into your day that is totally unexpected, like marbles, for example, or feathers, or whatever, something that you're not going to encounter normally, but make that your focus from the time you get up and as you go through your day, you're constantly thinking about it, feeling it, experiencing it coming into your life, and if it does, you know you're on the right track, and you can practice that, you know, several times and kind of hone your skills to bring in some of these unusual occurrences to to kind of tell you if you're on the right track or not. I don't. I have to say I don't understand that. What does that have to do with marbles? <laughs> well, marbles would just be an object that, in the course of my day, I'm probably not going to come across a bag of marbles. Right. But if I focus on them and this law of attraction stuff works, somehow I'm going to be confronted with a bag of marbles during my day. Now, um, Richard Bach, in his book Illusions, which is where I got all this stuff from, um, and you know that thing I think was published in the 70s, mm-hmm. Um, he proposed uh, mm. blue feathers. Um, you know, how how often in your day do you see a blue feather? Right. Or you know, a picture thereof, and and that kind of thing. And he proposed blue feathers, and I personally didn't spend much time focusing on blue feathers. Never saw one. But I've seen plenty of people um, claim to me that they focus on blue feathers and they can just make them appear in their daily life. So one of the other things I wanted to touch on here was the uh, the propaganda thing that uh, Ryan kept saying. Well, you're just talking about propaganda when we were discussing. Uh, how people are sort of uh, hooked into certain belief systems. And yeah, of course, propaganda is a huge factor here. If you tell people over and over again they can't have what they want and they start to believe that, well, of course, they're just going to be the floaters out there. They're That's just gonna... exactly what's happened to America. Yeah. 
I mean, we're all indoctrinated into believing that we have to have government. We, ju- we just won't survive without them. Right. Uh, you know, all the stuff that they feed us, we just have taken it, and it's worked its way into our core values and beliefs and become reality. Right. They, they tell us that we're, uh, we're free, and no one, so therefore no one's trying to achieve freedom. We're already there. Exactly. All of this propaganda has really planted some very destructive negative belief systems inside us. In fact, I really like, uh, again, I don't recommend The Secret as much as I recommend Abraham Hicks, uh, abraham-hicks.com. Again, there's some kooky stuff, but, you know, fly above that, the Ouija board stuff, and you'll find some very interesting uh, information. And I'm glad you're, you're agreeing with me on that, Sam, because I think it's, it's fascinating yeah, stuff. two books, uh, Conversations with God by Neely Donald Walsh is one of my favorites, books one, two, and four. And uh, The Power of Now with Eckhart Tolle. Very good. Very good one. Sam, thanks for the discussion tonight. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it. 800-259-9231. You bring up anything. Hour 3 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go into your phone calls here. And then, uh, still to come, talk about relationships. Uh, but first, let's go to Jeff in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. guys, I just wanted to bring up a... A topic that I, I think that's uh, rather important. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Aberdeen, Maryland, but Aberdeen, Maryland uh, has Aberdeen Proving Grounds, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. They no. store uh, it's, it's a military installation, and they store tons. I mean, tons of weapons of mass destruction, uh, chemical and biological weapons. And the reason I bring this point up. Hmm is because it's only 74 miles from Washington, D.C. Now, I want to know what dummy in the military or Department of Defense decided to store these weapons of mass destruction and chemical and biological, I mean, tons of them, mustard gas and, you know, everything else, I think. I know mustard gas and some other stuff. Now, our politicians, our government, the executive and, and legislative branch, of course, is in Washington, D.C., now, my point is, what, is there, what if there's a major accident? Or what if we get some of these psychotic federal agents who decides to do something, what I call political terrorist, like the FBI and other agencies, you know, mm-hmm. seeking anti-terrorism legislation? What if they sabotage it? Or well, I think we'd be better attack? off if they, if they uh, <laughs> used weapons of mass destruction on Washington, D.C. But, but Mike, can't you, can you guys see my point? I mean, I see you know, what you're saying, but pretty dumb. 74, 74 miles from Washington D.C., and they, you know, I don't know what what dummies. And, and the thing about it well, is, well, now just before you go on, I mean, one of our activists here, uh, Jim Johnson, uh, Lawrence Lauren Canario's husband, I think he's been known to say that you know you can always count on the government people to do just about the dumbest thing. So well, that's that's true, and and, it, and I think there's a law. I'm pretty sure I'm 99.9 percent sure there's a law that states that you cannot move that stuff. So I don't know how they're going to dispose of it, but, you know, the Department of Defense and CIA Black Ops, you know, they, they get involved in these dark alley projects, these cloak and dagger projects, you know, 
like with Skunk Works, you know, out at Lockheed, out in uh, Burbank, California. It's kind of like, you know, different things that they do. Well, the, you know, the U2 project, you know, they finance these operations and, and do different things using secret contingency funds. You know, they get these backdoor payments to different companies like Lockheed, you know, writing personal checks to whoever. Yeah, it's a big mess. There's no doubt about it. I mean, lots of back scratching. And that's what politics is about, Jeff, is the people in power. They reward their friends with contracts, and they punish their enemies with regulations and rules. And uh, and everybody else pays for it at the point of a gun. And, you know, things are always going to be that way until someone finally decides to to make a change and do something different. And it, it all starts with you. It all starts with you not participating uh, and not actually being a part of this violence and not being a part of uh, putting people in danger and not voluntarily submitting your money to be uh, p- to be played with in Washington. Exactly. Now, you know, of course, they can always uh, they can always print out a bunch of money, which, you know, that's what they're going to do. And then again, the other solution there would be to come up with some sort of alternative for people to use, like maybe the Liberty Dollar or something like that, to where people aren't even using their money anymore, and then we'll be completely free of them. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231, because again, we've talked about this a million times, uh, I just don't think that you can you can fight back in Washington, D.C. The, the whole system is so corrupt. You can't win inside the system. It, it really seems that way to be. Um, the odds are against you. Ron, oh, yeah. Ron Paul... Uh, Ran for president, and he was he's elected what ten eleven term uh, House of Representatives. He's a, um, a he's a decorated war vet. He um, you know raised more money than any other Republican raised for their campaign. And what good did the money do, by the way? Look at this. Look at the. I, I saw a post recently on one of the Ron Paul discussion areas. And it was talking about the results that he had received in New York versus New Hampshire. Now, he did a little better in New Hampshire, but not by much. We're talking like 8% versus 6.7%, okay? Something like that, yeah. So, apparently, Ron Paul spent a boatload of money in New Hampshire, but next to nothing in New York. So, what did he really get for all that money? Not much of anything. Statistically, nothing. So the people that were going to vote for Ron Paul apparently went and voted for Ron Paul, regardless of what the television and, and radio ads were saying. Right. And, and so essentially we put up a reasonable candidate for president. And, um, you know, it says it says to me that Washington, uh, it, it, the reasonable candidate didn't get any kind of uh, coverage. And it says to me Washington's broken. It's beyond repair. And uh, we, we might as well give up on it because the average person isn't going to do any isn't going to be able to do anything about it. You can't get freedom out of Washington. You but you can get, get freedom out of your own life. You can take steps in your own personal life to be as free as possible. Now, some are willing to take more steps than others, but there are always steps you can take. Mm-hmm. Moving to New Hampshire would be a nice step as part of the Free State Project. Not paying federal taxes as much as possible would be a nice step. Those are two pretty simple steps that people can take, and the more people that take them, the more powerful things will become. In fact, I was, uh, I've, I've made a couple of videos I talked about earlier on the, the, the show this week at freekeen.com. You can see them of some of the activity that's been going on here in, in uh, Keene with some, some market-based uh, civil disobedience. But really, it's not so much civil disobedience as it is people just living free. It's people that are just living their lives as free men and women. And then the government deciding they don't like that so much and coming in and trying to charge them with things and bring trouble down on them. And one of the guys responded, or one of the YouTubers, saw the videos and made a video of his own. This is, this is what happens on YouTube, by the way, in case you've never been there. They have this response thing uh, where you can click and you can upload your own response to one of the videos you've seen. So if you feel really passionately about something, you can make your own video and, and uh, attach it, if you will, to the original video. 
Now, this guy didn't actually post his as a response. He just posted what he had to say on his own account. And he was just kind of asking about the point to all this. He, he didn't understand why, you know, these activists were willing to go to jail. Some of them have gone to jail. Lauren Canario, for instance. Russell Canning is in jail right now, by the way. Uh, we put up a new banner on our website, freerussellcanning.com, is something that actually Sam in Texas has created mm-hmm. in order to help help out Russell. But so some of these activists are actually getting put in jail. And this guy says, well, that doesn't make sense. You can't do anything in jail. You, you should be-, be passing out pamphlets. Well, I, I don't know if he had any explicit suggestions as to what you should do, but he was just saying, no, you can't. You shouldn't do that. What are you guys doing that for? And I came back and I said, well, one of the reasons why I'm in Keene, New Hampshire right now is because Russell Canning was willing to get arrested for some silly, you know, nonviolent offense in the past. Uh, the fact that there were these activists who had such courage in this one place, I said, that's where I've got to be. And I'm not the only one. There are others who have been watching the activism going on here, and they've said to themselves, those are the kind of people I want to be around. And so that activism is attracting like-minded activists to this area. In the same way that the politicos in Concord, the people that are going to the state house and passing out flyers to the politicians and, you know, lobbying the politicians, the same way those guys are attracting more politically minded people to their area. So there's a very realist, real reason to, uh, to be doing the kind of activism we're doing, this market-based, really, uh, freedom activism, because it works. It works in that we've had success. Number one, sure, some people have gone to jail, but some people have avoided it entirely and have been able to live free. And so the more people that come here, the more success we're going to have, and it's going to, to build upon itself. So, of course, there's a reason we're doing this. And the individuals that are willing to risk it all and put it on the line, they have their own reasons as well. It's the decision they've made for their lives, and I don't think he was saying they shouldn't be doing it. I think he was just trying to understand why they were doing it. And I think you should ask them exactly why, but I know one of the, the perks is that, uh, from what I understand, once you're in on the inside, uh, if you're doing what a Lauren Canario does, and that is not participating with the government, not signing their forms, not playing by their rules, you put thoughts into people's heads. Those bureaucrats in there are people, and they're capable of doing so much more with their lives than just, you know, filling some government functionary role. And so having someone like a Russell Canning or Lauren Canario, civil, you know, some of these disobedience activists in there saying the things that they're saying, talking about liberty, can actually infect the bureaucrats on the inside. So I think that might be, might be one of the reasons why they don't mind being uh, on the inside, because they've made a difference. I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Russell. He said that one of his former jailers got in touch with him at his newspaper months later and said, you don't remember me, but I remember you. And you made such an impression on my life. I'm no longer working at, the, at that jail, and I wanted to thank you hmm. for what you've done. Well, they're, they're hoping to uh, emulate Gandhi to some extent. Well, I think they're doing a good job so far. More on the way. You can take control. Relationships coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, a broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you. So enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended cleanse. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, and you can find out how to order there, too. ftldiscount.com. Let's go to your phone calls. Talk to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. 
Jeremy? Hey. Hello, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? And gals, I mean. Indeed. Hello. <laughs> hey, uh, that guy, Waller Go, it takes an action and a non-action to gain weight. It takes an action to stuff your face and then a non-action not to get out and work out. You've got it. You're right about that. Right. Also, uh, what what sort of relationships were y'all talking about? Because I'm having a feud with my neighbor right now. We were going to talk more about, uh, you know, uh, lady, uh, male, male, you know, personal relationships, uh, couples, I guess you could say. Romantic. Romantic. That, there you go. Uh, that's what we were talking about. But, you know, what's going on with your neighbor? Well, um, the other night I was jamming my tunes, you know, and uh, they called the cops, and the cops came out and arrested me. It was only like 11 o'clock. I mm. mean, it wasn't like it was 3 in the morning or anything, you know, and I took me to jail just for playing my music too loud. Did they come over to your house first and ask you to turn it down or call, or did they just call the cops first First thing? Well, they, they did come over earlier that night, but I did turn it down. I mean, and it wasn't as loud as it was before, and then they still took me to jail. You know, and I live out in the county, and come to find out there's not even a ordinance. There's not even a noise ordinance. There's no ordin- a noise ordinance where you are? What was the charge? Uh, they charged me disorderly conduct. And I said, well, I was sitting in my house being mellow. How's that disorderly Why did you conduct? answer the door? Well, yeah, and I thought about that as I sat in jail, as you guys, <laughs> you know, told me. And then I was like, man, I, I was, it was, I thought too late. You know, and I, and think about up, it now, everybody, in advance, think about it now. I'm not advocating that you crank your music and, and piss off your neighbors. That's not a good thing to do. You should absolutely get along with your neighbors. That way things like this don't happen. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not trying to, to uh, say what you did was right, Jeremy, but if the cops are coming to your house, they are trying to gather information to arrest you or someone in the vicinity. And so there's no reason to answer the door for these people. If they are going to arrest you, if they have a warrant, they're going to come in anyway. They don't need to uh, to knock. They're going to knock because you know they know that people are going to answer. Out every now and then, though. I'm sorry. Shouldn't I have the right to listen to my music loud every now and then? Maybe you should talk to your neighbors about what you what they would find appropriate. For instance, I live in a duplex. And, uh, you know, I went next door and I said, hey, you know, from time to time we are going to have some music on and I just want to, you know, see what level is appropriate for you. That way we can we could work that out. And he said, oh, it's no problem, man, whatever. It doesn't doesn't bother me. And that's, you know, I would expect him to say that because he has a drum set in the basement and he, you know, crashes on drums and cymbals at, uh, you know, all hours of the day. So there's, you know, there's a back and forth. There's a give and take. I'm sorry. It's only like one neighbor that's complaining, too, and I live just as close to all my other neighbors as I do them. I think they just don't like my socially distorted type of music or whatever. Are you open? Is it your windows that are open? Are you in a house? Are you in an apartment complex? I I live in a trailer. (laughs) All right, So, but your windows are closed. It's just the trailer. You guess that, right? It's just the trailer. Well, I, I did. <laughs> it's just the uh, the. Tr- so, is this your next door neighbor then? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, in that case, maybe, I mean, if they're not total jerks, maybe you should go over and talk to them and see, you know, well, let's figure out what level would be appropriate for you to where you won't call the cops on me if I'm having it this loud at this certain time of day, this time of night. You know, is there a time, of, you know, during the day where it'd be all right if I just cranked it up and it wouldn't bother you? What time are you at work? That sort of thing. Try to work it out with, with them. And, of course, distance makes for better neighbors, so maybe you should move your trailer out to where you have a little bit more land and you can really crank it up. Jeremy, thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. So back to the cops and them coming to your door. If they have a warrant for your arrest, they They are... They will not knock. Well, they probably won't knock, but they might anyway. I mean, it depends on what the warrant's for. Uh, If it's not for a violent crime or or drugs or something like that where they're normally used to kicking indoors, they might just knock because they're used to people answering. Uh, So don't answer and then find out for sure what their deal is. Don't, there's no need to even talk to them. You don't even have to talk to them through the door. What are they going to do? Go to the judge and say, Judge, we need a warrant for this guy's arrest on a disorderly conduct charge. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it is very, it's, it's very strange just because it would feel so odd not answering the door for the police. Oh, that's a cop out there. I've, I used answering. to do it when I was young. Like for, not, you mean you used to not answer? Yeah, when I was young and a teenager and stupid and we would be partying or doing something we weren't allowed to do and somebody would call the cops for a noise ordinance, that was always the rule. We would always have somebody watching the door and nobody was allowed to go outside. And when the cops knocked on the door, we just didn't let them in. Mm-hmm. They can't just barge into your house. You just lock the door and say, sorry, you can't come in. And I mean, eventually right. they go away. Right. Now, now, remember, cops are trained to lie to you. Right. So there's the chance that, and I don't know if you experienced this. Yes, if, they tell you that you have to let right, them in, and right. it's a lie. Open up. This is the police. We've got a, uh, well, they won't say they have a warrant if they don't, but they might. I mean, they, you, they can lie all kinds of things. Oh, you got a warrant? Well, come on in and get me. <laughs> right. Well, I suppose at that point you uh, might have the, the, the problem of your uh, deadbolt being kicked in. Whatever. I mean, you're going to be full of problems at that point. So the deadbolt won't be a, a huge deal. And, uh, I'm not totally sure about this. I think if they see something illegal in your window, at that point in time, they're allowed to come in. I'm not sure about that, and that might be So don't smoke a state. bong in front of an open exactly. window. Exactly. So don't open the door. Don't even talk to them. There's no real reason to talk to them. Now, if someone knocks on my door, I'm going to ask who it is. I've got a little two-way system that I can actually ask who it is without even opening the door. You just yell through the door. Who is it? Oh, or the police. Oh, thanks. Not, don't want to talk to you. Bye. Or, in addition, you might want to add, by the way, you're under surveillance. You're being recorded. You're being audio and video recorded, and I don't want you on my property. Goodbye. And then they'll start yelling, you've got to talk to us. We're here to talk to you. (laughs) We're the police. That's when you get the mini cam and stand right in front of the window and look at Mm -hmm. them. So there you go. And But that's, by the way, the advice of a former police officer. It's not just us saying that. We're not lawyers. We're not giving you legal advice. But that is what Barry Cooper uh, from NeverGetBusted.com has to say. It's a good, you know, if you want to talk to the police, well, most people say you should go outside and close the door behind you. Probably not a bad idea. But again, these people are sniffing for reasons to arrest you. So if you're within their grasp and they decide they don't like the music you're playing or they don't like the way you looked at them... Oh, let's get them for disorderly conduct. Click. The cuffs go on. You go in the car they and you're down to the station. They have a few of those charges. Disorderly right. conduct. I think conspiracy is another one they do. Disobeying Yeah, uh, there's a few officer. charges right. that they just sort of put on you, tack on, if they you don't can, like... You can almost be certain that you're going to get a resisting arrest. Right. Sure. You know, because if you say, what are you doing, officer? That's resisting yep, arrest. Yep, there you go. Mm-hmm. 
or if you don't put your hand behind your back fast enough or something like that. Uh, you know, they, they yeah, can, As far as I'm concerned, resisting arrest ha- should be resisting arrest with violence every single time. Yeah, but it's never that. It's very rarely <laughs> is that the case. They just, they just tack on these charges. But if you're not within their grasp, they can't arrest you. If you're safely inside your home, they can't arrest you. So there's no reason to open the door. There's not even a reason to talk to them. 800-259-9231. They are not your friends, and they're not there to help you. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online. Freetalklive.com features free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. At shrine.freetalklive.com. Soviet-style central planning doesn't work. So what's the best way to reach out to liberty lovers? Google ads, direct mail, free talk live. Only you know what's best. You choose which project is worthy of your dollar. Go to freestateproject.org slash donate and choose how you want to contribute. That's freestateproject.org slash donate. Uh, Still to come, relationships, first your phone call. So we go to Jason in Quebec. You're on free talk live, Jason. Hey, Ian, how are you? Hey, great. What's on your mind? Hey, good. Um, I just wanted to tell everybody that was thinking about the Free State Project. I know I'm from Quebec and everything, but I, I will be coming up to Porkfest this year. Fantastic. There are a lot of international members, by the way. People from all around the world are members of the Free State Project. Yeah, well, I frequently visit um, New Hampshire quite a bit along the Kangamungus Highway and hmm. everything. There's all kinds of hiking trails and everything. So anybody that's thinking about coming to New Hampshire, I just strongly suggest it because it's really a beautiful, beautiful state, and it's just so nice that you guys have the ability to even have a project like that. I just wish that I could <laughs> I could move there and everything, but uh Well, why can't you? Well, I'm from Quebec, so Well, so if you state it as if you state it as your intention, uh, you'll be that much closer than, uh, to making it. And it is a statement of intent, right, Mark? That's correct. It's a statement of intent. I mean, you don't right. have to know exactly how it's going to happen. You don't know have to know the whole citizenship process. You just have oh. to in- say I intend to move. I intend oh, to man, be there. I would give up everything tomorrow to move there. I just love New Hampshire. I'd, just, I'd like you to I mean, go to freestateproject.org and sign up right now. Yeah, get signed Please. up and then figure out how to make okay. it happen, dude. Any other thoughts Definitely. tonight? Pardon me? Any other thoughts tonight? Uh, no, no, no other. I just wanted to tell anybody that's really thinking about New Hampshire, it's not that bad. I mean, I'm from Quebec. It's not... I mean, you get used to the cold, like Ian and you have said many times, but I'm just saying New Hampshire is just so beautiful. I just love the freedom there. And uh, I, I, I found, found out mostly about it from YouTube. Um, and Mark, I just hope you update your video on on your house. It looks like it was coming along there pretty good. Yeah, we, we've almost There's got a, a house there. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, the thing is, is about the the house stuff. Everybody else is taking the pictures and doing the video. Yeah, you're and not all doing that. Your oh, stuff. Okay. I don't know really know anything about it. But when we're at Porkfest, uh, look me up, okay, Jason? I sure will. You guys have a great night. Thanks, Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So make the decision. Make, create the intention to join us in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, and then begin the process of figuring out how exactly to make that become a reality for you. Some will jump through the hoops of government and try to attain citizenship. Others will just come here. Yeah. 
Others will just come here and uh, work underground, uh, work over the Internet, uh, do some sort of, uh, some sort of job or uh, line of work that doesn't require being in the system so much. Those, and, and the more people that come here, the more of those opportunities there will be. The more liberty, open-minded activists there are here, the more likely you'll be able to find those underground opportunities. 800-259-9231. All right, so uh, let's talk about an uh, instant message that I received earlier this week. I can't talk about who it was from because that would betray her and uh, would not be good. But it's a uh, a lady listener of the show who she is she's having a quarter life crisis <laughs> as she defined it. Okay, she's only in her twenties, and so she's with a uh, she's with a, uh, a man who she's been with for a number of years, and she is she's wanting to to sleep around. I guess you could say she she she's looking for a little bit of variety. Well, this does happen to people who get uh, in relationships early, it seems. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that, uh, that that's the reason that you shouldn't get in relationships early. I don't know. It would be a reason that I wouldn't want to have done it. But um, I can understand what you're saying. In my case, both relationships, like real long-term relationships I've been in, I didn't go seeking a relationship. It just sort of happened that I met somebody and we got along well and we ended up staying together that, for that period of time. So I, I've never gone out and like I, I want to be in this relationship for this many years. I never I wasn't ever looking for that. It just kind of happens. I I, I understand, and, and I think that's what she wanted at the time when she started her relationship. But now she's wanting something different. She's feeling differently, and I don't think it means that she doesn't love her current boyfriend, but it just means that she her priorities have shifted. And so why she was why was she telling me this, right? Yeah, uh, that would be my first question. <laughs> she was coming to me to ask about what what has been called an open relationship in the past, but I think a better term for it is an honest relationship. Uh and it, and yeah, it just cuz your relationships no more open than than mine is. No. Uh but to, to I can I think I disagree with that statement. Mark, oh, okay. And I'm, we'll get into it after you're done. Well, why don't you define what how how would you define the honest relationship, well, Julia? Mark says that it's very uh, that it's similar, and I think what he means by that is that neither one of us has actually we have what we we established in the beginning this open relationship where if I you wanted and Ian. right if I wanted to go out and have sex with another man I could as long as I was honest about it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um. Because you can always go out and have sex with another man. Right. The the idea it's just that most behind people don't it, tell you about it. Yeah. The idea behind it is that people cheat. It happens all the time, um, whether it's uh, purposeful or not. Um, and I actually was always very strongly against cheating, and not in this relationship, but in a previous relationship, I actually ended up cheating. Um, so I, my perception of of it you were has cheated sort of on changed. As well. Yes, I was. Um, so my perception of that has sort of changed. Um, but I think what Mark means is that we neither one of us has actually stepped outside and, and had sex with another partner. That's true. And so in that way, it sort of seems like a monogamous relationship. But how would your wife feel if you told her that you wanted to have sex with a woman, as a specific woman? Like you had somebody in mind and you named that person. How would your wife react? That would go poorly. And I suspect it would go very poorly if you said that. You're that you... incorrect because it happened uh, recently. So you're um, going to do that? I didn't say I was going to do it. <laughs> Why don't you tell your story? Okay. Basically, I at some point... in time decided that I was very sexually attracted to somebody that I work with and somebody who I spend some some time with. And 
I thought about it nonstop for probably about a month, and I I didn't know what to do about it. I sort of felt conflicted. It was the first time in this relationship that I'd ever really given having sex with another man a lot of thought. And first, I told him. I sort of sat him down, and I said, look, I got something to tell you. I I don't think this is a good idea, and I'm not saying it should happen or that it could happen or that I necessarily think it should happen, but I just wanted to tell you that I would like to have sex with you. And we talked about it for a while, and we both agreed that it was a bad idea. And so that was out of the way, and things are fine. We're still friends, just as is, and we don't ever talk about it, and and everything's okay there. But he persuaded me to tell Ian. That was his first question was, have you told Ian yet? And um, it, it was very hard for me to spit out at first because even though Ian had told me previously that it was going to be okay if I had shared this information with him, I still you didn't really could, believe it. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that that conversation was going to go well. And then somehow we ended I up talking. I couldn't imagine that it would either. It did. <laughs> it went very well, much to my surprise. Um, and well, upon telling him, my my want for having sex with him on, pretty much went away. B- before you go any farther, gentlemen, it's always a guy at work. Just so you know. <laughs> it's always another guy. It's the, the other guy is always a guy at work. <laughs> well... I could get fired because I'm actually his boss, and I would get fired if I had sex with him and it was discovered. And so I pretty much had already established that it was a bad idea, and I knew it was a bad idea, and I was not going to do that. Um, But anyway, I thought that the conversation with Ian was going to go very badly, and I, I thought that despite what Ian had said, that if I told Ian that I wanted to have sex with another man, specifically another man that he knew and that we had both hung out with and that I had recently been hanging out with more often... Sounds like a recipe for disaster. Right. So, anyway, I shared this with Ian, and it actually went much better than I thought it was. Ian, we were able to discuss it, and I... What did I tell you? I said, well, I'm glad you finally talked about it, because I kind of figured that you were thinking about that. I I had felt some some definite tension there, and so I kind of... I, I had felt as though that was a possibility. Yeah, I think actually you thought that I wanted to stay home when you went out of town one weekend specifically to have sex with this guy, which that was never, ever in the plan. I never... But it was in my head because I I figured it was a possibility. Right. And then you came out and talked about it. Yeah, and talking about it pretty much instantly, I I mean, maybe I still have a mini crush on him, but I really just don't think about having sex with him anymore. Well, he sounds like a very stand-up dude, and and, I mean, that in and of itself is something to admire in some You're saying that coming out about it kind of diffused your desire? Right. More on the way, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, then become an amplifier. Join the club, amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room forum, the AMP-only shrine of female listeners, and more. Get all the details, and you'll find out that AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in 3 bucks a month, we take it in, and reinvest it into the, sh- uh, into the show. Get on more radio stations across the country, and thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So get the AMP uh, perks and get on board with the program at amp.freetalk. 
freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, still enough time for your calls. Continuing the discussion about relationships. What sparked all this was an instant message conversation I had with a lady listener earlier this week asking about the concept of the honest relationship. I, I don't have a better term for it. Maybe there is a better term for it. But uh, the, the idea, and what we were talking about a moment ago, is how it's worked out so far in our relationship, Julia and I. Uh, the, the concept is that people cheat we know that people cheat, and it hurts when well, people get cheated some on. People cheat, and uh, but people want to a have significant se- percentage of relationships uh, involve people want to have sex with other people. Yep, right. Okay. And so, as a result of that desire to have sex with others, cheating happens. And of course, cheating would be defined as having sex behind your How partner's about back. Can happen. Cheating happens. It does happen. A lot. But it, like, I, I just don't want it to be uh, like you're making this blanket statement like... I didn't say it happens in cheats. every relationship. Right. I didn't in say all that. Relationships. I just said it happens a lot. Uh, significant percentages of relationships encounter this. And so understanding that reality that we live in, uh, I said, well, okay, I understand that people... We're, are going to want to have sex with others, how can we change our relationship, modify our relationships to to be more understanding of that and be more open and honest about that? And so that's why we kind of uh, this concept came up. We originally were calling it an open relationship, but I think honest relationships are better because it encourages your partner to be upfront about what their intentions are. Uh, I don't want Julia to be disappointed in me. And I think she feels the, you know, the same way. I, I want, uh, I want to make sure she's satisfied with our relationship. And above all, I want to make sure she gets what she wants. So, if she's not satisfied with this relationship and she wants something more, well, she should be able to have it. And the fact is that if we weren't honest with one another, she could have it anyway. And that's why cheating happens. Because the person who's going to go and cheat goes out, has sex, or does whatever it is they're going to do, and then you don't ever know about it, thereby instituting or, or, or sort of bringing into your life really dangerous possibilities, including sexually transmitted diseases. Because if your partner is out sleeping around on you and you have no idea, who knows what kind of nastiness they're bringing home for the times you do end up uh, having sex with them. Well, uh, you wouldn't know what kind of nastiness they're bringing home anyway if if you know if you're honest about having sex with other people. Well, well hopefully you would also go through the process of of testing and being cautious and you know taking the the precautions that are necessary to be safe as opposed to just sneaking around and not having any idea about what your partner is doing. I, I think that's part of, at least it's part of our agreement is, okay, let's say I want to have sex with this person and I'm going to go have sex with him. There's sort of a process. I want to make sure that he is a safe person to have sex with, so I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go through the motions of making sure that I'm as safe as possible. Well, the number one reason is because you personally want to be safe, but number two is out of respect for your partner who's had enough respect for you as to say, you can come to me with this and it'll be okay. Now, that's not to say that... Let, let me let me just let's reset here. You were talking before, Julia, about how you were interested in having sex with a coworker, And you came to me and you talked to me about it, diffused all your desires. It diffused your, your wanting so, uh, more uh, uh, quite a bit, right? And... Let's just say you'd still wanted to go out and do it. And I said, all right, well, go ahead, because that's what I would have said. 
and you to come back, and I would have stuck around because I had been curious to see what your thoughts were after the fact. You know, was it as good as you thought it was going to be? Was it satisfying for you? You know, do you want to continue seeing him? What's your plan now? How do you feel? These are all questions, all things that we would have talked about had you gone and and done that. We would have had a you know a discussion about it, and I would I would not feel good. Okay, about inside me, I'd feel good that Julia was getting what she wanted. I would wonder if there was something I did. You know, was it something something I dropped the ball on? Some way that I didn't satisfy her? And she may say no, it wasn't. Like this girl that instant messaged me? It's not that her current boyfriend is unsatisfying to her. It's that she wants more sex that, with other men. I can and, honestly say that that is exactly what I was thinking at the time. Is that I'm in that you no, want more? Yeah, I was in no way unsatisfied, but I couldn't help but just want to experience this as well. Right. So uh, so she has – that's the same situation that she's in to where she wants more than he could possibly provide. He can't be multiple guys, and sure. so it's not, a, it's not his failing. It's just that she wants something different, and whether or not he wants to continue that relationship would, would be up to him in that case. And the same thing with me. Would I want to continue on with Julia? Perhaps I would because she is very valuable to me, and maybe she would – maybe it wouldn't have been satisfying to her to have the sex with the other guy. And she would have dropped away from him and then come back to me. But if she started spending more time with him, then I might just, you know, then I'm certainly going to start looking around for, yep. for other yep. options. Th- that's absolutely true. And then your relationship's on the rocks and it's uh, it's over in a relatively short period of time. that's okay. At least it's over with understanding. Yep. And at least I'll it's give you over, that. At least it's over with communication. But I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put it out there like the relationship, it, well, we'll just have sex with other people. Um you know, Julia, just go out and have sex with a few other guys, and and that'll be okay. No, it's not okay with because me. If you think that um, most, for the vast majority of people, if you think that your relationship's going to sur- survive um, the other person going out honestly and having sex with other people. You're fooling it's yourself. Not. It's not. And that's not the intention. The intention is not to have the relationship survive. The intention is to communicate. So if the relationship oh, I, I'm goes all south... I'm ending relationships powerfully. Right. So if the relationship goes south, then you're both empowered. You're both communicating. You're both okay because you've agreed to this in advance. Whereas what you normally see happen is somebody gets caught cheating. The S hits the fan. Things get broken, things get stolen, screaming, yelling, negativity, hatred. We can avoid all of that by just communicating with our partner. That's all this is. It's just, hey, you're supposed to love this person, right? Well, why don't you talk to them and tell them what you're feeling? It's worked really well for us so far. But the question this young lady was asking me was, she's already in the relationship. They don't have the prior existing agreement. Mm-hmm. So how does she introduce this idea to her boyfriend? Yeah, that's not going to go that well. That is tough. That's what I said to her. I said, uh. you, you don't have a prior agreement. This is going to be a, a tricky one. Did you have any uh, thoughts? Basically, all I can say is is that <laughs> you just have to let them know that it's nothing that they did personally. And, I mean, honestly, can you tell me that this guy, whoever her boyfriend is, has never, ever thought about having sex with another woman? I'm sure That's he has. That's a lie if he says no. So you just have to put it in those sorts of terms. Like, look, I... It's not that I don't love you. I love you very much, and that's why I wanted to come to you with this. Recently, I can't help. I've I've been thinking about having sex with other guys, and yeah. I'm interested in having sex with other guys. How would you feel about that sort of thing? And, and just open go up from the there. That's a great. Uh, that's, I think that's a great approach because it shows him respect. 
You showed him the respect of coming to him in advance as opposed to just sneaking around. I, I agree with I agree with the being honest and upfront part. I think she should needs to be prepared in that conversation to end the relationship. Absolutely. Um, That's and, what, that might be what he does. And I think she also needs to be prepared that if he decides not to end the relationship, that she is likely going to want to end it once he goes out and gets some strange, too. Because... Yeah. That's what it's going to be like. I actually experienced this briefly. I had, in a previous relationship, asked for an open relationship, and it did not go over well. The answer was, no way. So, And what would you do? Well, I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> I cheated. You got what you wanted. Exactly. Um, so it didn't, and actually I ended up breaking up with him and going with you instead. So all it really did was make me realize, you know, this is not exactly what I want. And... In that relationship, he was so insanely jealous. I mean, there was no way that I could even say, I couldn't even say, I think that guy's hot. Because he would say, mm. oh, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. I don't He's want insecure. to hear that. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but the truth is, of course you're going to find other people attractive. It's ludicrous to even suggest that you're not. I, I, I agree with that statement. Um, I think that it's also, you know, it's 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 fine to say a certain amount of, oh, my God. She's hot, or that's a cute outfit on her, or that that kind of thing. Yeah. But you need to remember that for the, your primary person in your relationship, you need to have compliments two to one for every one of those statements you make. Oh, two yeah. to sure. one, at the very least, for your primary person. So you need to make big, um, spontaneous, surprised compliments to you know the, the person you're in a relationship with. If you're and otherwise, you're just that guy that goes, "Oh, she's hot," <laughs> you know, yeah. and it makes, if you're, it makes if your, your partner feel bad. If your partner, it goes both ways. If it your does. partner is not feeling appreciated. I have any men, though. If your partner's not feeling appreciated, that's not going to lead to good things. All right. It's been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. We will return tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com and communicate in your relationships. It really helps. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.